Hey, man, is that the Garage Rock Show podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is the Garage Rock Show podcast. To those of you already supporting the show with a monthly subscription, thank you. If you're not already a supporter and you'd like to help make this show possible, please tap the link in this episode's description or visit anchor.fm slash thegaragerockshow to become a monthly supporter. And make sure to check us out online at thegaragerockshow.com and give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegaragerockshow. Now on to this week's episode. It's Friday. It's time for another episode of the Garage Rock Show podcast. Chris here with our special guest this week. Once again, George, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Kurt, good to see you back here, man. Hey, nice to be here. Uh, Aaron, what's going on? Hey, hoser. <laughs> and Charles, what's up, man? Hello. Good to have you guys all in here. we got lots of things to talk about this week. Friday, May 3rd, 2019, episode number 55. Uh, we got a bunch of new prizes this week in the uh, Garage Prize Closet, guys. Yes. We got Bad Religion's new album, Age of Unreason, uh, Led Zeppelin's How the West Was Won, live Ooh. 3D set, Pink Floyd the Early Years still making an appearance with the DVD-CD combo, as well as the Grateful Dead Long Strange Trip Blu-ray. All you got to do is text the word PODCAST to 68683. P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all one word, no space, to 68683. Go through the steps, confirm your entry. Uh, all right, so some new albums out today may 3rd bad religions new album out age of unreason um also one of the prizes uh yep and we're gonna be playing it on the garage as well um from six to seven tomorrow saturday at 1057thebear.com 6 p.m pacific standard time so check it out if you want to hear something from it um some other artists barry big thief uh caroline spence drala never heard of them editors filthy friends that sounds like a good band. Yeah. You should check them out. Uh, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes got a new one. L7. Wow. L7. Wow. No, no shit, huh? Wow. Scatter the Rats. That's L7's new album. You know, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, they'll be playing on Sunday at Aftershock. At, at Aftershock. Yeah. And we are going to have tickets to give away for, the, for Aftershock on the Bear. So keep listening yes. throughout the months. I think we're going to do a text to win type of deal for the Bear. So uh, I'll let you guys know as that develops. Um, also, new stuff from Looms, Lucy Spragan, Patience, Taco Cat, Taco Cat. <laughs> very cool. If you spell it, it's it's one of those palindrome. I think is the term where it's spelled the same way frontwards oh, yeah. and backwards. Nice. Um, yeah, cool, cool band. I'm actually featuring them on the Garage as well on Saturday. They're a really cool group Clever. from I think the Portland area or Seattle or something like that. New stuff also out this week from Dream Syndicate and Vampire Weekend. So check that out. Um, all right, some new festival lineups out this week. Austin City Limits, uh, two weekends. They've expanded. I think last year was oh. the first time they expanded to two weekends. Very much like, I guess, kind of Coachella. But I don't think it's like the same lineup each weekend. I think it's different. I'm not sure. Don't you know? quote me on that, but I guess I'm quoting myself I by mean, saying that's it. that's a lot of bands. Yeah, so I think there's Jeez. a different lineup nice. each weekend. And yeah, mm-hmm. check Can't out play. check out the lineup here. We're looking at Guns N' Roses, Mumford and Sons, Childish Gambino, The Cure, Cardi yes. B, Billie Eilish, Tame Impala, Robin. Those are the headliners. Wow. Along with a very strong undercard. Uh, have, have you guys heard Billie Eilish? Oh, yeah. My daughter's oh, turned me on to her. Yeah, it's, she's uh, fantastic. It's, yeah, it's cool. We saw her it's performance cool. at Coachella. Oh, uh, did you? Uh, well, um, oh, at, on the live stream they had going on over the weekend. It was Way cool. Yeah, very cool stuff. Uh, you know, I was kind of. Some of the YouTube videos you see, you're just kind of like, oh, this may be just a, kind of another artist or whatever. But yeah, you see her kind of doing her thing, and you realize that there's something kind of different and special going on. There. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. 
Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think of the lineup? I mean, that's pretty solid, that's right? That's pretty solid for headliners. You guys in Austin are lucky, I gotta say. Look um, at Tom York is up there. That's pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, it's his new people. band called Tom York's Tomorrow's Modern Boxes. I wonder what that's all about. Bruce so. Hornsby? Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Hornsby, Hornsby, man. One of my wow. favorites, dude. I love Bruce Hornsby in the range. And that he's got is. a new album out that has a bunch of uh, modern artists like Bon Iver and a lot of artists that he collaborates with uh, on that new album from Bruce Hornsby. So very cool to see him like doing, playing doing with the dead, too. Okay. Yeah, Revolution. he did. He played uh, with the dead on their recent um tour their reunion show as well as back in the 90s filling in when brent midland passed away oh nice brent midland passed away in the late um 80s i think early 90s for the dead very very influential keyboard player and bruce hornsby at the time to put it in context he had one of the best selling albums and and really just like the one of the hottest tightest bands at the time and he dropped it all to go uh help out the dead on their road tour as uh because they lost their piano player and he died while they were touring and bruce hornsby like he didn't have to do it you know he had his album he was selling well on his own tour but he went and kind of helped him out and played piano for him it was a really special time if you look at some of that grateful dead stuff not to get off on a tangent but from that era they collaborated with bruce hornsby as well as winton marsalis on some of the live shows with the trumpet Mm -hmm. uh It it was really cool stuff so that was a. That hey, was look, a really Wynton Marsalis Wallace. Hey, if you look at if you look at the very bottom, check that out. If you look at the very bottom of that lineup, you'll see a uh, Krill Reserve and Friends. Oh yeah, uh, they're gonna have a booth out there. Yeah, their their band is called um, Thugs and Harmony 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Check real that out. real cool. Hugs. Hugs yeah. and Harmony. Th- they're Hugs they're a harmony, jug band, 2. right? 2. They're a jug band. They're it's, a jug band. It's all jugs. There's yeah. nothing else in the band but jugs and. It's all different sizes of jugs, so each one has a different tone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they just drink Krill Reserve, play the jugs. You wow. know, they're so ingrained. So I mean, you awesome. can't even look at Pretty YouTube awesome. for Drinking five seconds. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist. They used to play at a club called the Electric Banana. It's not there anymore. Don't even bother looking it up. But <laughs> yeah. they're going to be at ACL Fest. So. Oh, nice. Uh, all right. Another uh, one that got announced. I thought this was interesting. Look at this fucking Oh, shitty. look at that. Look at this fucking cheesy-ass artwork for... Megadeth's fucking cruise. It's called the Mega Cruise. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you could have done a better job, Aaron. I love that. Uh, making, a, making a fucking promotional photo for that. Okay, let's get to this. Uh... I love that. I love that. <laughs> all right, that look, part that me. I like, yeah. it's all low Eating low chicken res. tenders yeah. on the Mega Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a Metalhead's fucking cruise. I don't know if I want to be on a boat with all these people, to be honest. Uh, would you, oh, would yeah. you rail that off for me? I, even though I'm closest to it, I oh. cannot read God. those. Queensryche! Uh, Anthrax, what? Testament, Queensryche, Suicidal Tendencies, Dragon Force, which is actually kind of cool, Overkill, Death Angel, Corrosion of Conformity, oh. Devil Driver, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, Armored Saint. Wow, that's cool. Uh, oh, look, Doro, Doro Pesh. Doro Pesh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about John them. Five, Metal Church. That's crazy. John yeah. 5, Sacred Reich, Metal Church, Danko Jones. Uh, Cardi B right at the bottom right there. Metalachi. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> super dope. Yeah. Metalachi yeah. is a cool metal um, mariachi band. That's right. a really interesting cross-section of, of different kinds of bands. Of the yeah, that's really interesting. That's why actually. I wanted to uh, bring it up because I thought it was, it was a, a, you know, Oh, that graphic is look at, hey Aaron Aaron look at the font look at the look at the mega look at how they just like font. put it put it yeah. on the edge of the, the the boat there with the guitar the fucking Dave Mustaine fucking 
Jackson and shit. Anyway, so it's going on October 13th through the 18th. It leaves. What's cool about this one is that it's actually ported and leaves in Los Angeles area. Yeah, uh, San Diego area. Oh, so you don't have to fly to So you don't got to go to Florida. fucking Florida like every other fucking cruise. So uh, at least this one's on the West Coast for people that are interested. And where is it going? Uh, I don't know. I think it's. I think it goes to Mexico. Um, so you go down to Baja or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that. I'm not really sure. Um, I didn't... That, I bet that'd be hella fun. I bet that'd be hella fun. Is this another cruise? Here's another cruise. I that mean, was funny that both... Very drastically different. Long-haired, sweaty... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Dudes, you know. Well, here's another one that's a bunch of, like, hippies yeah. and shit, because it's Jam Cruise 2018 that got announced. Oh, and, the Claypool Lennon... Uh, yeah, Lennon, so Lennon. there's some kind of interesting uh, headliners, including Les Claypool's new band with uh, Sean Lennon, uh, the Lennon-Claypool Delirium's headlining amazing. it. Yeah. And, and what's Great. kind of interesting is some other band called Les Claypool's Bastard Jazz, which I'm interested... It's probably something he's putting together for the cruise. A lot of these jam cruises, they put together these kind of like um, once-in-a-lifetime kind of sets because all these guys are on a boat together and they come up with a band name. That's and they'll be pretty sick. Little super groups it's, of it's pretty like cool. about halfway yeah. down is one called Everyone Orchestra. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, look at that. Yeah. Thinking about cool. how he plays the bass, I mean, if the whole jazz band is on, on that same page. Like, <laughs> It'd be crazy, crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm going to go with this cruise probably smells a lot less like old Budweiser and cigarettes. But it probably right. smells a lot more like patchouli and fucking marijuana. Probably. <laughs> probably. I don't mind either of those things. Yeah, right. Really. <laughs> yeah. This They're one's actually taking place in January. The other one's in October. This one's January of next year. And this one is on the East Coast. Miami, Florida goes to the Bahamas and Costa Maya, Mexico as well. That's pretty awesome. So for five days, uh, you can check out some pretty cool bands. Uh, the other one goes to Dresden, Germany, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a tour, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, that's a trek. <laughs> yeah. That's an ocean journey right there. That's a long-ass way. Oh, yeah. All right, so uh, have you guys heard Woodstock 50 has basically been canceled? That's, yeah, they yeah. lost one of their... Um, Backers, yeah, a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, so the first one to pull out was this uh, group called Dentsu, which <laughs> is one out. of one of the <laughs> one of the festival's main investors. So they announced that the show would not be going on. They said, "quote Despite our tremendous investment of time, effort, commitment, we don't believe the production of the festival can be executed as a worthy event of the Woodstock brand name while ensuring the health and safety of artists." Blah 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 blah. So they pulled out. Those were the main financial backers of the festival, right? Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> I took Whoa. The, there was a funny video or a, a meme going around of mm. here's Woodstock in 2019. is just a dumpster on fire. Because <laughs> uh, after today, well, it's, it was actually by the time you guys are hearing this, it was announced Wednesday that production partners Superfly has severed its ties with the show. They produce Bonnaroo and Outside Lands, which oh, are wow. major festivals, and they know what they're yeah. doing. So if they're cutting ties, you know shit's got to be bad. Yeah, uh, they are no longer involved. They said we tried doing all this stuff, and they just it, it, they weren't on the same page. Uh, a source told Rolling Stone, "With Superfly leaving, that's just the death blow." Any festival goer knows now that Superfly doesn't have faith in it. I don't know how you recover from that. It's impossible. End quote. And so apparently multiple talent agencies told that Billboard magazine that the artists are no longer obligated to play, saying, quote, the artist contracts are with Dentsu, not with Woodstock co-founder Michael Langer, Woodstock 50. So they bands are no longer obligated to play after Dentsu pulled out. 
So So they may have already got their advances, their tour uh <laughs> They may have already got their advances yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh they may and now they don't have to pay it back because wow. they're not contractually obligated to play the festival anymore. Well, wow. So I mean this not may- often the musicians come out on top, is it? <laughs> <laughs> And that was the interesting thing with this Woodstock thing is that all of these artists requested to be paid up front, which is very unusual. A lot of the artists normally, you know, it's like a retainer kind of contract basis. You know, I think you get half. Let's face it. The the music industry isn't, you know, kind to to the artists. artists, No, No, definitely. Anytime you can get a leg up on any kind of business deal. I don't know. All these festivals that we see multiple times a year. There are like a Woodstock every weekend almost, you know? I like, know. I Woodstock, mean, when it was original, it was like the first thing ever to have like just tons of bands and acts there, you know? And, right. And, and spread now, word of mouth. Now man. it's like, you know? shit, Co- Coachella's two weekends in a row, then they got Aftershock, they got this and that, Stagecoach, whatever. The market's I mean, like saturated. Reggae festivals, there's just so oh, yeah, many it's things. It's a free festival you know? now. Yeah, right? <laughs> so Woodstock doesn't have the peel that it once had, you know? Yep, definitely. And so then it, it went belly up. So unfortunate for you guys out there on the East Coast. Uh, but damn, hopefully, hopefully you guys didn't buy tickets. It's fucking probably a big mess to get your refund. All right, so check it out. Tool posted this funny uh, photo on um, their social media. It's got Maynard and the guys sitting there, and Maynard's got a thought bubble, and it says... Feeling cute might play some new material on this upcoming tour, IDK. You know, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this meme. Oh, yeah. It's been going around lately <laughs> where it's, like, using that for all different kinds of context. Uh, so, anyway, so Tool is teasing that they're going to be playing some new material on their upcoming dates. This weekend, they're going to be playing Welcome to Rockville in Florida. So, we'll see when that set list comes out if they're going to be playing some new stuff. Uh, guitarist Adam Jones posted this riff. Uh, let me see if I can open it up here on his Instagram page where he's playing it on one of those, um, I think it's like a traveling guitar, one of those small acoustic kind yeah. of, yeah, but um, he's playing, Backpacker. yeah, and he's playing the new riff from this new Tool song, and it's the first time we've seen kind of an extended uh, play on it, which is kind of cool, and apparently what fans are saying is that it's the track that they, we've been he- hearing for the past year or so of this unreleased track that's been finding its way into Tool's live set list. It's only been, you know, just a couple minutes of, like, a segue where fans are like, what is that? That's different music, you know? But they've never announced it as a track. Everyone's saying that it's this track called Descending. And so here's the first, like, real good, high-quality Adam Jones playing it uh, for us. And we get to hear it, and I think it's a pretty fucking stellar riff. Hopefully it'll load up better to where we can all hear it. We have to play it again twice for you. <laughs> well, it's not playing too well on my stupid-ass tablet. I'll have to fucking play it for you guys again. But uh, pretty cool. Maybe Charles can bring it up on Adam Jones' Instagram if you guys look it up. Uh, him playing that little uh, traveling guitar. Uh, anyway, so it's just, it's our first taste of some new music from Tool, so hopefully that'll uh, materialize into something cool, and we'll see if they're going to be playing new music on this uh, tour uh, coming up, because we get them in Aftershock, and 
I'm excited to see uh, some new music because Tool's been playing the same goddamn set list since 2006, and it's it's time for some new shit, you know? Making me do all that. You know what's music. funny? It's actually on this day. I think it was April or, no, May 3rd or is whatever. A, is this a trivia question? No, it's not. Oh. Um, but <laughs> Tool released two thousand or um, 10,000 days on this day in 2006. So it's been that long since wow. the last Tool album. Uh, thir- over 13 years. Well, 13 years. Man. So, yeah. Crazy to think about, right? I love that album so That much. fucking stupid Instagram page, like, fucked up my tablet here. <laughs> Hold on. Do you have low energy? Fatigue? A case of the moon days? Do you feel stranded, alone, and lost in the bleak void of primitive human existence? Longing for an ambrosia that will perk clarity and pull you from the dull sludge of your dismal life and family? Ball jack's the key! Made from a patented blend of a thousand milligrams of taurine for the drive of a true ball jack champion. 300 cc's of caffeine stack. 5,000 milliliters of ginkgo biloba. Helping to stimulate the brain and regain the memory loss as a result of drinking ball jack. <laughs> Plus 20 cardiograms straight from the delta thorax of a living Malaysian tiger. Wow. And an ounce of pineapple juice concentrate. Ball Jack will transform you from the pathetic, lazy, stupid, idiot slob that you are right now to something akin to a Busta Rhymes hype man in just seconds. <laughs> grab the intensity. Grab the heat. Grab some Ball Jack right in the Ball Jack. Available at participating local motels. Copyright thegaragerockshow.com. All rights reserved. Winton, California. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonials from Nancy in Huskogee, Wyoming. <laughs> Come on, Nancy. No, no. <laughs> See, she's she's just she's so jacked out of her mind right now. She can't even yeah. properly put to words, Charles. Just listen to the non-forced consumer testimonial from James from Red Eye District of New Jersey. James, how do you how do you feel about Ball Jack, James? <laughs> James. James. Go, James is jacked out of his mind right James. now too. He can't even put it oh, into words James. either. <laughs> Ball Jack, guaranteed little to no teeth loss. Uh, all right, so Dave Grohl may be working on a mystery documentary project. Here's a picture of him apparently busking in the streets of where the fuck was it? Uh, when is Seattle. He not working. I know he's always doing something, which is cool. He's doing a barbecue thing lately these days. He's really? been like, yeah, he's got this thing called Backbeat Barbecue, which is like him smoking a bunch of brisket and shit, and he's just travels around doing that. So Dave Grohl's cool. busy man, and then he's he was bra- uh, busking with this chick, Brandy Carlisle. And uh, some other musicians, they did like Beatles, Let It Be, Foo Fighters, Times Like These, and they did it out in the street, and so I think it's all part of this upcoming documentary. He's been doing stuff with HBO and stuff, so who knows what it's going to be, so we'll we'll just have to see. Um, Young Chili Peppers. Yeah, not really breaking news, but I thought it was kind of an interesting insight into the early days of the Chili Peppers. Uh, The producer from the Chili Peppers' early days, Michael Beinhorn, uh, was talking with Rolling Stone. Uh, or, excuse me, Produce It Like a Pro, which is a producing magazine. And he was talking about when he was uh, producing the Chili Peppers' uh, first two albums in L.A. back in 1987. And he said uh, that basically the label had no idea how to categorize or what to do with this band. Uh, He said, quote, there was this one guy at EMI Records who said, quote, I may have an artist for you. We can't figure out what to do with them. And, you know, it turned out (laughs) it was deeper than that. I think there were people at the record company who actively despised them because they were so different. 
Uh, he went on to say, I think that also shows, shows you the limited kind of wisdom of people at record companies on occasion that think they kind of look for conformism and uh, what large audiences are going to be into, and they sort of miss the pearls. That's what the Chili Peppers were. He remembered the band's demos as being pretty bad, but added, quote, There was something in there that I couldn't put my finger on. I began to realize what was coming through to me really subtly was the character of the band, the people themselves. Uh, so, anyway, I thought it was kind of cool that it, it just goes to show, you know, Chili Peppers definitely one of the most mainstream bands these days. You hear them all on the radio all oh, yeah. the time. People are fucking sick of them, probably, you know. Yeah. But back in the day, they didn't even, nobody wanted to even touch them. And they were not even considered an up-and-coming viable band that a, a record label wanted to take stock in. So it just goes to show how clueless the fucking record labels are. Yeah. And still to this day, this shit is going on where, you know, it's always like in radio, I always have this. Um, I always hear this shit from people that are above me and work in radio and stuff. And they program stations nationwide and all this stuff. Right. And they always say this shit like the general public likes a Big Mac and you're trying to give them an artisan burger. So like, think really? Of, so think of like any oh, band God. that would be outside of the box, right? Like, yeah. um, I don't know. I, think of a band that we don't play oh, on the radio. Yeah, Krill, Krill Reserve <laughs> and the <laughs> not fucking Krill Reserve, <laughs> uh, Operation Ivy, something like that. Uh, that some band that is not a radio friendly band or whatever, right? Outside of the box, it's not a Big Mac. It's an artisan burger. Somebody yeah. that's a Big Mac is like Stone Temple Pilots, Nickelback, whatever, right? Yeah, that's what. Like Star Set, like Star Set's a little out of, out, out of. The yes, they're yeah. they're an artisan they're, burger. Yep. They're not a they're not a Big Mac. And Absolutely. what people program radio stations for Big Mac consumers? Mm -hmm. They don't. They throw in the artisan burger very sparsely. Like they'll play it at midnight. They'll play it. They'll bury those fucking songs because they figure everyone driving around nine to five fucking Joe Schmo yeah wants a Big Mac yeah. And I mean, what do you guys think of that kind of generalization? That's, that's why radio is bullshit, the, dude. That's the way radio is. Well, Are I, they right? I know though? that's the way that it that it works on paper. But what also happens is weird things sneak into the top forty from time to time, and you think, how the hell right. did that get there? And I think one of my favorite examples is my favorite band is the Australian psychedelic band The Church. Okay, and their one and only hit was a crossover from the college charts. In 88, and it's under the Milky Way. Okay. And they never had another top 40 hit again. I've seen them in the tiniest clubs in Sacramento. They don't fill stadiums or arenas anymore. Right. But um, I had a point, and then I lost it. Oh, well, no, 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 they're no, they're uh, artisan burger in the world of Big Macs. Oh, right, and they get to have a career on just that one song. There, and and there's a lot of bands that do it right in that regard. That they're weird enough to um, and good enough to yeah. uh, create a buzz to live off of. You know, where they they have a hot album or a single that it stands the test of time and it'll be their gem forever. Kind of deal. Sure. How about that. Um Portugal the man, remember? Yeah, like, great example. They were they're a fucking weird ass band. Their first were, yeah. three albums, no one even fucking knew who they were. They're headlining that festival. And then all of a Fresno. sudden they get that hit that's just everywhere. Yep. You know? And, and now it's all on of a top sudden 40 they're, radio. All of a sudden they're a pop band. Yep. You know? And they're headlining yeah. all these it's festivals, crazy. right? Yeah. And they were all obscure for like their for a long time. Great like, example. It, uh just it, like the chili peppers. It would be awesome if somebody could uh, you know predict that shit. <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, yeah. 
if if there's good radio or just people out there doing their job that are on the pulse of music that are listening and actively like this band's got something and points it out and hopefully they get fucking noticed that's the way it should work you know and not just like I mean, but just because that person thinks that it should no be right cool, well you know doesn't mean the masses like but it one it person like one person will start a fire like the guy you know? uh dr demento like no, for example, think of this. <laughs> Dr. Demento in Los Angeles was a radio DJ that played all kinds of weird shit yeah. all the time, right? Mm-hmm. He played an artist called Weird Al Yankovic, and he was the first one to play it. And guess what? It caught like wildfire. People started fucking, wow, did you hear that crazy cover of Madonna, like a surgeon, whatever yeah. it was, you know? And Another all that one shit. rides the bus. And it, it took <laughs> one, one, one DJ in a major market to fucking break somebody like that. And that's yeah. sometimes what it takes is if these DJs are doing their job, these major market fucking stations should be giving these artists a chance and breaking these artists, you know, uh, on national radio to be able to, I don't know, get some traction. But to, for d- devil's advocate here, the person who did do that for mumble rap, I, I want to throttle and uh, gouge <laughs> yeah. his eyeballs well, out. Well, yeah, yeah. there's... <laughs> it is a, it is a double edged sword, yeah, know, uh, that kind of shit. Wh- whoever whoever did that for Soldier Boy and said, "I'm going to give this guy a chance," like, <laughs> oh boy. some somehow or another, he's there's some things we can't explain. There's some things we can't explain. Yeah. Much like this next story, uh, Def Leppard releasing a seven disc box set of some of their shittiest material from the 90s, oh, in God. my opinion. Oh, my God. Uh, it's called Def Leppard Volume Two. It's from the 1990s. Uh, it has a 40 page hard pound book. Uh, all kinds of stuff. 10 LP, 80 gram vinyl box. That yeah. type of shit. No, me neither. Uh, this was, uh, in my opinion, LP. some of the worst era of like <laughs> yeah. metal, especially a band like Def Leppard with their hair, hair metal yeah. shit that they didn't change, they didn't adapt, they didn't, they weren't like um, smart, like kind of Metallica. Oh, come on, or... pour some sugar on me in the name <laughs> dude, of love. Dude, <laughs> this is, this is just, just what you were talking about, man. It's like, Bands like the like Def Leppard appeal to the l- lowest common denominator. Right. Right. Yep. You want to appeal to the most amount of people. They're a Big Mac. You don't band. want any of your lyrics to make any sense. Right. It's <laughs> just super you can, like, fucking shallow. And, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah. I actually this is a really really funny story. Like about two months ago, I, I kept. I kept making fun of Def Leppard and, and my wife, who had never heard De- Def Leppard. She was like, "They don't sound like that," and I was like, "No, they do." Because you know, I was being real cartoony voice, and she was. So I played her Hysteria because I kept going, "I touch," like I kept like, <laughs> and I and I, I played that for her. And and the very first lyric she sings in that song is "I touch," <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god!" She listened to the song. She was like, "This guy has no singing ability at all." Yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 bad That's stuff. Dead. Not one of my favorites. So if you, but if you're a jo- uh, Def Leppard fan, sorry, we're shitting all over your band, but yeah, um, no, okay. go grab the box set. Hey, we'll, we'll pour some you know? sugar on you yeah. in the name of love. Yes, <laughs> I just never care for any band when they put out like their that like early stuff. You know, our first B sides and yeah, some the of- crap that was shitty back then. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, it was I don't know like yeah. it was I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of like uh, right? Beastie yeah. Boys had their little thing. Some Dude, old that bullshit. shit was so popular back then. It was. Uh, you're and talking about Paul's Boutique? No, some old bullshit. It was just a little garage shit. No, yeah. The B-Sides and, and then there was like... Like, like Heart Attack Man. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I didn't really care for that Pink Floyd early shit that they released. I know you guys probably do, but... Yeah, but no. I particularly... Didn't. I get what you're I saying. I don't know. I just it's don't, unreleased for a reason, a yeah, lot of that it's stuff. It's just not finished. It's not... 
it's cool for the idea. It's cool to look back and say, well, this, that's where they came from. You know, that's kind of cool, you know? Right. Like a, yeah. I think that's really what it is. A it's, historical look at it or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's but, like it's like finding, like, a, you know, a painting from a famous... That you know, never got released or something. That and you no find one has their ever sketches. seen before. And, and yeah. then all of a sudden, you, find you know, sketches. it's like, it's oh, that's, that's, that's a piece of shit. But <laughs> it's still kind of cool. You can see where, like, maybe he got the inspiration yeah. from yeah. from this shitty uh, version to do something bigger and greater. I think it's more of like a completionist uh, thing for a fan yeah. who, like, wants to get all the kind of things. And honestly, it's a money grab deal, yeah. dude. A lot of these guys are fucking struggling and they're coming up with any way to make fucking money and you milk all out. the diehards already have every out. other piece of material they need something out and, there and for all the, the diehards are pissed off too because this is like the second or third time that uh, these artists have remastered their catalog as well and these artists bought remasters in the 90s they bought them in the mid 2000s and now they're doing them again and it's just like fucking people over man like all the real fans that want like the best audio quality of a thing you keep yeah. re-releasing a better audio quality of the same goddamn album <laughs> yeah it's a yeah. it's a fuck you you know because it's like well what the fuck man i've been buying this album three times over for the past 30 years Hell no. and now you got it on blu-ray and fucking 4k and supposedly it's you know 5.1 surround sound system mix okay well now i'm interested i maybe want to buy that again but it's like fuck you man yeah i just i bought i got three copies of your album now lying in my house that i ain't gonna listen to yeah you know? exactly it's just fucking there for collectors uh, although uh, i might add the deftones b-sides and rarities was a pretty dope little uh side there are there there i think there are oh, gems. yeah they cover sade brilliantly. Oh, yeah. big time big there, time there, i think there are certain ones that the b-sides and rarities are definitely uh yeah. better than others you but know but also uh david crosby his b-sides and rarities <laughs> album is him just smoking cocaine and babbling yeah he was just yes free free basing <laughs> yeah, cocaine on that album it. the entire He's time that poor yeah he, he had you know <laughs> he had money to blow he, he before just, it was called you know? crack uh, hey, by the way pass me a crow reserve hey there you go there you go Thanks. Pro Reserve. Uh, and Paul's, speaking of coked out weirdos uh, from the <laughs> 80s and 70s, Paul Stanley is slamming Peter Chris in his new memoir. So look oh. at his look at his cheesy ass fucking photo and cover of his book. Oh. Paul Stanley Backstage Pass. Like, could you not think of a fucking better name for a book than Backstage Pass? And a picture of yeah, him sitting there looking like. I don't know, like with a, his road case and his yeah, his just so mirror. cool. Everything's yeah. all perfectly staged. Aaron, you know? can you Photoshop that onto the Megadeth uh, alphabet? <laughs> <laughs> the cruise ship. Yeah, yeah. Put him on the front of the boat there, just yeah. contemplating with his guitar. I don't even really want to <laughs> mention this, but I thought it was just a dick move of him to just slam Peter Chris, like saying that he's just like such an ungrateful person in the band. So here's the deal. I don't know if you guys know the kind of... I mean, I'm sure George and, and Kurt, maybe you guys know the history of Peter Chris and stuff, but Aaron and uh, Charles, are you guys familiar no. with the history of Peter no. Chris? So, basically, Peter Chris was the drummer from Kiss. Uh, the original drummer. The original right. founding drummer from Kiss, right? They basically made him kind of, like, sign his shit off, right? Like, sign away his rights to the band, what year was that? Do you guys know? Like in the '90s, sometime, maybe around that time, or in the 2000s, he, he early the band, 2000s. He left the band first. Was replaced by Eric Fox. When was the What what time was that? A little closer. Seventy nine eighty. Okay. And then um, Ace was the next to leave. Right. 
So anyway, Peter, Chris, and Ace, uh, or excuse me, um, Peter, Chris, and uh, the other members of the band that are still touring, you know, obviously Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, they've just had this bad blood that they just can't fucking get over for whatever reason, you know? So Paul Stanley in this new memoir, getting the point here, he says, quote, Peter, unfortunately, is a different story. I don't think Peter has any life. He seems consumed by some kind of reality that his wife sells him. He's always been negative and always maintained an us-against-them mentality. I don't want that in my life. He went on to say, It isn't about having differences, because I'm sure Ace and I have differences. It's Peter's overall sense of anger and resentment and feeling like a victim. He needs to acknowledge his participation and then change things. I think Peter's life is probably very one-dimensional, uninteresting, unstimulating, which is a result of seeing the world negatively and seeing everyone around from the band members to the hotel service people as disrespectful. That's not a world anyone should live in, and I don't want to be a part of it. Say that to so, his face, buddy. I know, right? But <laughs> do you think he has a point, or do you think that's just being a total fucking dick and trying to just cast him aside? What do you guys think? I don't know. Especially George and Kirk, because you kind of know the situation, uh, the history of the band. Well, you can never be sure. I mean, every, every band's got stories like this. One guy says he was fired. The other guys say he quit. It's just... You'll never get to the bottom of it. And, but I think uh, I think yeah. that Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely both voluntarily left the band. Correct? Is that a correct statement? No, Ace was fired. Yeah. Ace was fired. Mm. Peter, Chris left uh, voluntarily. He left or he was asked to leave. I don't remember. Okay, so both kind of maybe want Peter, Chris, maybe kind of saved a little face by saying that he was. Uh, I'll leave. You know, even though maybe he was asked to leave. Ace Freely was just outright fired. Did that make like yeah, yeah like. Ace Freely's and he was replaced by uh, Vinnie Vincent. Right. So, and he and Eric Fox were the only two subsequent members of. They were the only two subsequent members of Kiss that got their own uh, character. Oh right, Eric. Eric uh, Eric Carr, Eric Fox. They had two Eric's on drums, didn't they? Carr was the the first one. He was the Fox. (laughs) (laughs) I'm messing it up. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. We're just trying to. Just talk about it for They all sound memory. like cool names. Can, can I say something? Can <laughs> yeah. I say something else that's interesting about yeah. uh, something that I read about uh, Paul Stanley? Right. Right. Yep. So he says that it's his opinion that Kiss could survive as a touring band with no original members. <laughs> what? Oh wow. Oh. So it's a Kiss cover band then. Nice. I think, like what do you sanctioned think? by the like, band, like they're going to franchise or it, or like out? the touring company of a of a play or a theater yeah. piece, Circus Soleil. But they could have guys like Vinnie oh, Vincent yes. and shit come back into the fold theoretically at that point because they're like, I'm not an original member, but I was a member at one time, right? Would those guys want oh, really want to come back though? I mean, I don't think Vinnie Vincent wants to go back. I think Vinnie Vincent should be in the Mafia <laughs> with that name. I know, right? Vinnie. He was. Vinnie uh, Vincent. He had an onk on his face. That yes. was his. Uh, oh, that was his yeah. deal. <laughs> deal. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of nice, that's a pleasant picture, Chris. That, is that makes me nice. feel very zen. Yes. Yeah. I you like, like to that? Take, well, I'm, I'm gonna take a walk. I'm just gonna turn it off then because I don't want you to feel that way. There you go. No, I'm trying to connect my goddamn. So, so in this tablet, in I all dark. Black TV news. Oh, shit. Um, 
Alright. Connected, yes. All TV news is black and dark. Oh, I know, all TV news exactly. Okay, pretty all right. nowadays. Let's yeah. move on before this thing fucking like takes a shit on us here. Um, okay, so B- Panic at the Disco's Brendan Urie was given the key to Las Vegas this week. Oh. Um, he joins uh, artists like Elvis Presley, Madonna, Britney Spears, who received the honor before him. A cool thing that I wanted to mention is he's actually very active in the Las Vegas community. His uh, charity, the Highest Hopes Foundation, are partnering with State Farm and the Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada to build a recording studio for local children, which will open later this year. So that's pretty awesome. I think that's pretty cool that he's doing that uh, in the community. And, um, you know, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Panic, Panic at the Disco at all. Like, I, don't, I couldn't even fucking name I a mean, song. Are they My that big of a deal? I guess so. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. one of those bands that are uh, like, kids like a younger generation, like the 21 Pilots kind of uh, generation of mm-hmm. the uh, Imagine Dragons, I guess, you know, bands like that. Um, anyway, they were at the Billboard Music Awards, too. They won Best Rock Track, uh, Rock Song for their track, <laughs> High Hopes. Um so there you go. And anyway, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> like on Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. 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 Fucking Apple a. pie and the sky. <laughs> <laughs> also, real quick about the awards, Gra- uh, Black Sabbath members will be honored as part of the Grammy Salutes Music Legends, an awards ceremony <laughs> that's taking place next Saturday, May 11th, in LA. Um, other honorees include George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic, uh, Diane Warwick, and others. Uh, the tribute will feature rare performances by honorees and artists they've inspired. So, not sure if Black Sabbath will be there, but uh, so anyway. Crow milk, of course, is the protein-based milk uh, dairy product made with the eggs of crows, which we all know the eggs of crows are some of the most fortified eggs in the bird kingdom. Charles, you know from harvesting crows' eggs... Uh, yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The the fortification and benefits of these crow's eggs. Yeah. Sometimes you can just crack one open in your mouth and get the raw nutrients like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But crow's milk does so much more. It, it not Helps only with inflammation. It, it it not only harnesses yeah. the power of the crow egg, but it it <laughs> blends it up in dairy based product that is just uh, second to mm-hmm. none. You know, and it truly gives you that. It truly gives you that that scavenger chest. Like it <laughs> it really it makes you. It you makes know. you have the mindset of a crow. You see those crows on the street where you're yeah. driving your car, <laughs> and they don't move out of the way? Yeah. Because they're fucking jacked up on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could be the same way. You know, you could just have that, I don't give a fuck mentality yeah. on crow milk. Yeah, exactly. Crow, yeah, crow milk. Drink it. <laughs> Drink it and be, and be one with, with your own, um, with your karma. Harness the power of the crow. Harness the power of the crow. Crow milk, so. Thank you, crow milk. Anyway, let's move on. On this day in music history trivia, on this day, May 3rd in 2005, this band reunites on this day for the first of four shows in London's Royal Albert Hall. Was it A, Cream, B, Pink Floyd, or C, The Police? We'll start with you, Aaron. What do you think? On this day in 2005. The Police. The Police? Okay. All right, Charles. What do you say? Um, I don't. I don't have any inkling on this because there's no um, David Crosby reference. So, cream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, Kurt, what do you say? Floyd. Floyd. Okay. Yeah. And George. The cream. Cream. All right. Cream of the crap. 
Let's see here. Come on, Eric. Clapping. Picture. Yeah, it is Cream. Oh. Cream reunites for the first of four shows in London's Royal Albert Hall, the site of their farewell concert 36 years earlier. Wow. The yeah. band hasn't played together since their 1993 Rock of uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. So, pretty awesome for them. Uh, all right. Double trivia, Way though. Go, Cream. We got one more question here for you guys. Taking you way back to 1958 here. Oh, nice. The popular disc jockey Alan Freed hosts a concert at the Boston Arena, which was a hockey rink, featuring Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Buddy Holly. Accounts vary, but the crowd rushes the stage various times, and Freed keeps imploring them to sit down. Not easy to do, obviously. Freed is forced to stop the show outright, telling the crowd it looks like the Boston police don't want you to have a good time. Violence erupts spurned on by gang members at the show apparently and spills over to the streets rock and roll becomes demonized basically in boston and the city does not host another rock concert until 1964 when they host what artist band below oh was it a elvis presley and his band b bob dylan or c the beatles in boston in general in, in Boston in 19... Yes. Boston. City of Boston did not host another rock concert for f- almost, uh, what is that, seven years, six years? Wow. Uh, from 1958 to 1964 um, until they hosted this artist and band. Was it A, Elvis Presley and his band, B, Bob Dylan, or C, The Beatles? Starting with you again, Aaron. What do you say? Good. Bob Dylan, man. Bob Dylan. Okay. All of these artists were touring in 1964. I did some research to make sure they were all in the area. Calm. Um, what do you, you know say? What? I'm going to go with what Aaron said. That makes a lot of sense. You're going to have Bob somebody Dylan. call. Some, yeah. Somebody call. Okay. Uh, George. Or um, Kurt, sorry. Elvis. Elvis, okay. George, what do you say? Yeah, Bob Dylan was really controversial even still at that point in some circles. So... I don't know. I think it's more apt to be, or more likely to be, the Beatles or Elvis. I mean, one of those two bands, because they were both explosion bands. Right, okay. I mean, the Beatles, they were so universally popular immediately. You know, yeah, we'll go ahead and let them put on a show. I don't know. I'll say the Beatles. The Beatles? Drum roll. Drum roll, George is correct once again. Here's a ticket stub. From the Beatles in person that, at Boston Garden, September 12th, 1964. That would be something wow. the city couldn't $4 pass up, right? $4.50. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a lot of money, yeah. a lot of revenue. Yeah, that's a lot of Here's a picture from money. the crowd. This was the front row. There were some people throwing up popcorn. That's popcorn in the air. $4. Oh, I thought that was John Lennon That's when they hit the, the stage, uh, apparently. John Lennon throwing up on the audience. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just confetti, because that's what yeah, he ate for right. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. All right, Yoko fed him a bunch of paper. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there you go. Um, real quick, Sports Minute. I thought this was interesting. I don't know if you guys heard about this. The Court of Arbitration for Sports, which is the sports world's uh, highest court in the world, ruled yesterday, May 1st, or uh, two days ago by the time you guys are hearing this, that female runners with intersex characteristics who naturally have unusually high testosterone levels, like South African Olympic gold medalist Castor Semenya, must take medication to reduce their levels of the male sex hormone if they want to compete in certain events. This is a two-to-one ruling upheld proposing rules from Track's governing body, saying that while the rules are discriminatory, quote, 
Such discrimination is a necessary, reasonable, and proportionate means of preserving the integrity of female athletics. The decision could have ramification for other women's sports. So, I know this is not something we all really know about or maybe even care about, but I thought this was this was a landmark do, do women ruling in, across. Uh, do women in general uh, have any type of testosterone? Yeah, I think they do. Like a little, yeah. little trace amounts. Yeah, I think they do. You can have right? more. They have yeah. some trace uh, amounts in their body, just like any any person. I think it goes for us too. It goes both ways. We have um, estrogen or whatever, and that that's why some guys get the um, the breasts, man boobs, the man boobs. If you eat a lot of soy product too, that increases, or smoke estrogen. a lot of marijuana too. I've Ooh, heard that uh, some certain certain guys it it it, it uh, what do you call it? Like focuses there or activates some kind of yeah. thing in you. Where, in Fight Club, you know. they called it bitch tits. <laughs> Uh, meatloaf, meatloaf character, meatloaf's name character in Fight hits. Club. I mean, yeah. aren't we at a point in human society and culture where we can just say runners instead of female runners or male runners? Can't we just say, well, you know, I I think it it, it stop it, classifying. I mean, you know what I mean? Come on, man. I mean, is that what we're going towards? Is that what you're talking about? Like, well, I think we're already there, right? I mean, because we don't. These people are saying they're saying that these ladies have higher testosterone than other ladies. I think it is. They're not necessarily like a transsexual or yeah. any kind of. The, just a they're not a you know. Yeah, that's test. bullshit, though, man. You right? Like, yeah. uh, like it seems like that would have just been naturally the way it was in the 1950s, right? That some lady had more. You got a wiener. Here, man. <laughs> more testosterone, <laughs> so maybe she can throw no that wiener. Fucking... You can compete with the ladies. Yeah, that's right. Right. Keep it, keep it simple. Is that what you're trying to say? Keep it simple. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Use the if you're going to separate it, that, if you're going to make know. it that well, way. Well, it can, yeah, I guess can, women can take um, testosterone supplements. Supplements and, and right. would that So I guess them, they're trying to regulate that. Male characteristics Yeah, and it apparently and gives them more strength and sucks. such. So. I mean, I can see that. Maybe it's just a way of regulating that but thing. Maybe they're your, abusing yeah, it lately. Is it your genetics or if you're taking them supplements? I don't know. It's two different things, but... Well, it's hard to tell, right? Because yeah. maybe m- some people have it more naturally occurring than others, uh, and then maybe there's some that are taking supplements. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's their way of trying to regulate that, but it just seems seems like the kind of a bad way of going well, about it. We'll I, see. I can tell you that female competitors, because Daisha and I have actually read up on this, because this is this isn't the first time this has come up. But there are female competitors who think it's a- extremely unfair that 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 people and th- there there's female competitors that were born a man. And they're and they're and they're female competitors now, and they're right up there with with people. And, and you know, from my wife's perspective, she's like, you know, these a lot of the times women have to work twice as hard. And you've got somebody comes that comes in that has testosterone levels that are through the roof because you know they're they're they were born a man, or you know, or they have you know just unnaturally high testosterone levels because they you know they're unisex or whatever. And, and she said that's unfair to women. So from a female's perspective, I guess it all depends. You know, like yeah. you can. You and can, we can't uh, say, like you know, that. we're we're all a bunch of guys here. Yeah, we can't say shit. Speculating, so yeah, let's just probably leave the, leave it at that, and we'll just move on to some uh, other topics. Some less gouge our eyes out. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, material movie, TV, entertainment news. Um, okay, so I don't know. Did you guys? Did everyone here uh, check out the Game of Thrones? Uh, latest episode. That's why I'm wearing this shirt, yeah, man. Yeah. I know Charles did. And yeah. did. That Kurt. was n- number three, right? Episode yeah, three? Episode, episode number three. three of the latest season. Oh, God. Epic. So, Kurt saw it. it was great. George, you haven't seen it? 
I've never once seen the show. I hear it's great. We gotta watch it sometime. We gotta maybe uh, bamboozle you and uh, all right, and uh, show you a couple program. episodes. Right. I think you'd be into it, uh, knowing you know. Yeah, uh, I think you're a fan of good, uh, good quality stuff like that. So sure. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's good. Um, it's so good. the thing was, a lot of people are. Um, have you guys heard about this? That it was super dark. I loved it. I loved it like that. People were saying that it was. Great. It was the yeah. darkest in terms of like if you're watching it on your TV. Not. I'm not talking about mood. I'm yeah, talking about actual visual darkness. I it was that. one of the darkest episodes of the series. Uh, well, yeah, lighting. wasn't it called The Long Night? Right, or yeah. Something? Right, yeah, I mean, exactly. It so, was meant to be yes, that way. Kurt, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, it, and it gave over to kind of the horror element of it. I it think was so. A, it was and supposed I, to be a scary I episode. agree with what you guys are, uh, the way you guys are talking about it, because the director uh, himself is kind of like on our side here saying that uh, a lot of people levels up well it's basically your own fault if you're a viewer watching it in a bright room with your tv settings wrong it's gonna look like shit you know hbo is one of those channels and like i don't know what it is their their music and stuff like their dialogue it's a lot quieter like it's 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 mixed well though the dynamic range on it compared to okay like if we're watching just some um you know Fucking some dumb comedy on uh, Fox TV. Some sitcom, right? Yeah, some yeah. sitcom. It's all just mids where you. It's just, nothing yeah. but a high, hard, yeah. limited fucking, laugh track. Yeah, laugh yeah. track. Everything's super loud, right? With Game of Thrones, it has a a dynamic range to it where it, you can hear the small things, but then when bi- things get big, it's impressive as well. Yeah. So you got to crank it up. You got to listen to it on a good system. That's just the audio. But with the video, it's the same way. It's, you have to pay attention. It's cinematic. It's meant to be like watching it like you're watching it in a movie theater. Yep. And I think that's what they were trying to create, which the director said. He said, um, quote, we tried to give the viewers and fans a cool episode to watch. I know it wasn't too dark because I shot it myself. So, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was meant to be like watched in theater-like darkness. I loved it, man. So. Well, yeah. like, I mean, that scene. I don't uh, know about spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Hey, we can mention them. Hey, hey, okay, hold on. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you guys haven't seen the latest episode Dude. of Game of Thrones, Season 8, Episode 3, and you don't want to hear any spoilers, give it a pause right now. Just come back in about a minute. Okay. So let's talk about <laughs> that, it a little bit. That, Anyways. That dramatic. Dude, would it have been less or more dramatic? That's, you know, that scene where it's just. You can't see shit out into the forest. It's like snow. No, you're totally right. Right? Yeah. And then the dragon comes down yeah, and breathes yeah, fire man. all over oh, shit. Oh, man. And then it lights up like thousands oh, of yeah, fucking yeah. zombies, you know? Yeah. You can, oh, and how they're exactly. flying around. The dragons were lost in the snow. Dude, yeah, and they couldn't. And all of that, like, it, it plays into that because you're like, yeah. you're sitting there watching it like, what the fuck's going on? You're sitting there like trying to figure it out yourself. It like, was just You're watching it, you know? Plus yeah. The, 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 you know, the, 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 for, the, Interiors are being overrun, oh, yeah. and they're like all yeah. being. Oh, that that everything that first, was a, a that court, first, right um, around the corner, mm-hmm. fast-paced. That yeah. first wave of Darth Raki with the flaming. Uh, oh God! Right. Weapons that they oh, went yeah. in, and then you just you just see like the the they just the flame yeah, just start fizzle out. Yeah, fizzle out. You're oh just man! Like, oh, that was so sad, honestly, to see that whole Darth Raki yeah, fucking dude. group dead. Yeah, was like they all fucking died right there, like practically. You know and, what though? I don't and know. The wolf too, man. Sorry, seeing George, the wolf, oh, yeah. just looking at us like, God damn seeing it. the fucking dire wolf riding along like with fantasy. the Dothraki, man. Yeah. Like that was like such an epic scene with their shit fucking flaming. The fucking dire wolf was riding along with them. It was such like a triumphant moment for them, you know. And then yeah. it just like hit a wall of despair. 
and they all come like scattering back and oh man what a great episode it anyway, was we don't it need to fantastic. we could do a whole fucking podcast on the goddamn game of thrones thing but you know you know yeah. who was you know what i i said i said this on facebook i said april 28th from this point forward should be known as liana, liana mormont day liana mormont day yeah she was the 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 small but yeah. furious uh leader oh yeah 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 of the mormont clan two, that two took down the, the giant Two of the baddest scenes in that movie were Dude, the, by little girls. That shit was Two awesome. It was great. Scenes. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Well, Jorah, well done. Her and Jorah. Yeah, Jorah Mormont both honored both their Mormont. house. Oh you yeah, know, like beyond belief. Like Big man, time. they the fucking they saved everyone. You know, yeah. in a lot of ways, they really did. If Big that time. if that giant would would have been alive, would have destroyed everything in that fucking. Place, oh yeah, right? yeah. And then likewise, and, and so it redeems their house, right? right? Yeah, it does. their house has been fuck yeah. Yeah, you know, they've got a mark on them. Absolutely, right? Mormont has uh, been totally redeemed because he yep. defended, um, you know, um, uh, Daenerys uh, to the dying fucking moment, and then you oh, know, yeah. anyway. So great stuff. We'll move on to more uh, TV yeah, entertainment news here. <laughs> oh, uh, big time. This was interesting. This is We were talking about Bob Dylan just a minute ago, but Martin Scorsese's new documentary about Bob Dylan is arriving in June, guys. Oh. On Netflix. Does Joe Pesci beat somebody in the face with a phone? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. That could be a bonus unreleased uh, boot, bootleg B-side. Does he say, you think I'm funny, Bob? You think I'm funny? <laughs> Like a clown? Do I amuse you? <laughs> uh, all right, so it's called titled uh, Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story, and it will be launched in June 12th, and it's said to, quote, capture the troubled spirit of America in 1975 and the joyous music that Dylan performed during the fall of that year. So cool. There you go. And it's also going to be releasing some music called the 1975 Live Recordings, which will be released June 7th on a 14-CD 148 track collection it includes all five of dylan's full five sets from that tour so that's i gotta say for a dylan dylan fans that's pretty impressive uh yeah. that's probably one of the kind of holy grail what do you call it um releases for a dylan fan to to so check that out uh it's gonna be coming out later this year in june Yar. You hear that? That's the sound of Mother Nature. She's an uncompromising beast. Think about it. What was the largest mammal in the history of this earth? The blue whale. What did they eat to become the largest beasts on the planet? Krill. That's right. We've harnessed the power of the wild and mysterious krill in our new triple baleen filtered krill reserve lager. We filter our beer in a revolutionary baleen strainer, imitating the way blue whales would eat and process their krill. Yar, this is the same process. Filters and extracts all of the seaworthy nutrients your body needs. We only harvest the most wild and exotic krill from one of the most deadly seas on the planet, the Black Sea. Yar! So whether you're fishing for barnacles, sailing the seven seas of cheese, or disposing of unwanted trash or bodies in your nearest lake. Yar, you need an uncompromising lager made of the same nutrients that fuel the beasts of the sea. Krill Reserve Lager. Triple baleen filtered for maximum krill potency. It's not just delicious, it's krillicious. Yar! Hulu, are you guys watching Hulu? I oh not, yeah, I watch. I Hulu. watch Hulu all the time. I'm not a Hulu subscriber, so I'm, yeah. I guess I'm more than more than Netflix. Do you guys George? do the um, Hulu Live? 
I only have Netflix. Okay. Oh man, I have a bunch, so have a bunch three of, of us here. Yeah, Hulu. Aaron, Charles, uh, Kurt, I all have it. I have the Hulu without Hulu, commercials. Hulu, yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm trying to see what's up with the live because I watch live. Well, Hulu has now oh, topped wow. 28 million pornography. Is that what you're uh, gonna say? Stream. Live wow. pornography, <laughs> Aaron. That's what you're gonna say, huh? Live pornography. <laughs> like webcam stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, All right, let's not go down this rabbit hole, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about Hulu here. The streamer uh, grew its base. You're thinking Hula. (laughs) (laughs) So Hulu's growing by 40%, though. 8 million subscribers in the uh, last year alone, which is pretty... That's crazy. So to me, it seems like that's way above and beyond what Netflix is getting in the last year. They got 8 million subscribers on Hulu just in the last year. They also slashed their prices to six six dollars a month. Yeah, so I think they're the I think Hulu's that's leading one of the, the cheapest, huh? The streaming because um, there's like a wave yeah, of live of live. They've TV. got some there's good like YouTube good stuff TV. On yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a direct TV. Is has there one. any there's a couple couple of them that have all have the live TV now, and Hulu is one of them. Is there original programming though? Yes. that Hulu has that's yeah. like kind of cool, worth watching. Anything you guys yeah, like? Um, I don't watch. I don't watch. Hulu. You know what I mean, like how the Amazon and Netflix so. have their original shows and shit. And uh, no, they do have original programming. I haven't. It's, it's I haven't checked. Good. I haven't checked any of it out yet. But it sounds like they're making some traction, uh, so, and it's pretty cheap. So I do watch the Amazon streaming, and they got some original content that's awesome, like that show Hannah. Sneaky Pete. I've been hearing a lot a cool about one. Hannah cool lately. One. I mean, they got a lot of cool shows on. Yeah, yeah. Amazon has some pretty cool stuff. Is it was the Tower one? Is the that one's the Amazon? Right. Yeah, yeah, High Tower. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tower man, man in the High Tower. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Right. There's some good ones. Yeah. yeah. I have a couple. I have a couple of platforms. I subscribe to a couple of platforms. I subscribe to VRV because you get all kinds of cool anime. And What's that? Oh, stuff. okay. That, like oh, nice. Movie. Okay. Is that instead of cable, or you still have cable too? Oh no, I haven't had cable. See, I'm thinking about going like that route. Fifteen years. See, I, just, I was thinking about. Yeah, finally cutting the cord time. and doing you like, looked all at your streaming. watch on that Charles. i did <laughs> dude i don't watch <laughs> tv either, 15 man. years <laughs> yeah i did i cut I'm out cable a long cable. time ago I, I, everything Wait, that i get so is... just high speed internet well see it's yeah. funny because hulu actually guys came out a long time ago you guys do comcast or yeah uh, yeah. Comcast. Yeah. yeah okay what is that i mean if you don't mind my asking what does that run you guys a month with modem rental or whatever it is? Is it like it's pretty? I 80, mean, it's eighty bucks, bar- seventy bucks, barely cheap, dude. Yeah. I mean, hundred bucks. If you, it's the cable that costs a lot of money. Do you know? Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, internet is relatively cheap. Monthly, it's about half the price. Yeah. of cable, right? Fifty, sixty bucks. Yeah, depending well, on how fast you want your shit to go. See, and right. my my Comcast actually comes with the streaming service. I, uh, oh, okay. And so you can stream it just like Hulu I'm, or Netflix. I'm an, I'm an existing. Cable, so I already pay for cable. So my bill, you know, I have DVR, all the the whole nine, right, like right. different rooms and whatnot. So my bill's like around two hundred. So I went, I called, was I was just set on like I'm gonna cancel everything, just keep internet. It can't be more than like sixty bucks or something. And then I'm gonna just do all the streaming shit. Fucking, they told me I cancel everything. I'm still paying for you know I have like a high the high. It's like a 400 megabytes a second or whatever. It's yeah. um, a higher tier. But 120-something bucks still. You don't need something that fast, nah. dude. That's way too fucking fast, bro. Yeah. So even if I was to go tier down, it's still like 110 bucks or something. Yeah, my, And that's I because they already got me locked in, 
and I'm already to a, a contract, yeah. And I'm already and so you're yeah. just dropping shit, but they're still yeah. got you on a minimum somewhere, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So that's my issue right now. So I gotta just like. Yeah, mine's not that nearly that fast, but I'm like I'm with you. Like I don't really need it that fast, and it and it's pretty fast. It's so pretty damn fast. Over, so I got overkill. I don't need that. Probably. Dude, you I, guys are streaming like all shows. Dude, I, oh yeah. I hardline my my PC, and then I hardline my Xbox. So what do you guys have? Yeah. Up to 100 megabit megabytes a second. It's is that what uh, it is? Mine's around there. And my son yeah. plays Xbox. We'll be watching streaming in the living room. I'll even be playing sometimes PS4. My son's playing Xbox. And Daisha's watching. And we don't have any issues. And I pay like 80 bucks a month. I always thought about that as like... Like what are they... It's like a valve. They like... You know? Yeah. The same cables coming it. in... The same cables coming into my house is if I'm going to pay for the cheaper or the more expensive is it like... Yeah, there's like yeah. some sort of threshold up on the pole or something. A little spigot. <laughs> well, I mean, kind, kind of. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, Turn electronically up. sort of speaking. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, they throttle it. They yeah. throttle that it shit. It throttles it. it. So it only allows so many what they yep. call packets yeah. right, through the line, right? Yep. Through your That's fiber true. optics. Yeah. Those bastards in their packets. All right. Shit. Let's move on to some world news, guys. Have you heard about this God of Chaos asteroid? Anything that's named a God of Chaos, I'm in favor <laughs> of. Is it Kratos? Is it Kratos? Well, we got to wait fucking 10 years because it's going to be flying past us in 2029. And apparently you shouldn't be con- too concerned with it, though. It is a 1,110-foot-wide 1, asteroid. Is named for the Egyptian God of Chaos, and it will come within... 1900 miles of Earth on April 13th, 2029. That's a long way off, but they say at the Planetary Defense Conference. The what? Yeah. Is that such a thing? I guess. Planetary Defense Conference? Planetary Defense Conference already preparing for the event. Take it easy, Charles. Thank you, you, man. Take care. Take care of these. All right. Yeah, right on, man. Have a good one. Uh, Is that part of the Space Force? I guess. Planetary (laughs) Defense Conference. Never even heard of that shit. Uh, so anyway, uh, they're preparing for the event. Apparently, yeah, right? they they it's got their attention, and uh, it's called the God of Chaos. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, um, Julian Assange sentenced to fifty weeks in prison for jumping bail. That's finally, lame, dude, they finally caught up with this guy. Uh, fifty weeks in prison for skipping bail when he went to the Ecuadorian embassy in London seven years ago and asked for asylum. He's remained holed up in that embassy for seven years until Ecuador revoked his asylum last month and he was arrested. He submitted a, a written apology, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he's in jail for 50 weeks. So That's lame. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so do you think it's kind of unauthorized or not? So the reason that he jumped bail because they were trying to arrest him, not because he broke any law uh, so, so right, he's a per pub- se. he's a publisher, right? Yep. It, it's like Julian Assange, and then equate him to say the New York Times, right? Sure. Someone gives him information, right? He verifies it, he releases it to the public, yep. Like a news media outlet outlet should Watchdog. do, right? Except that the shit that he released was like leaks from like government shit. And whistleblowers within the system, right? And the powerful people are getting embarrassed, and all of a sudden, oh, we're going to arrest him for leaking classified secrets to the public, right? Yep. And he's been hiding. And he's for like, seven no, years. dude, I didn't do anything wrong. And they said, we're going to arrest you anyway. So he said, felt that he was a political prisoner, 
a refugee. Sort of, right? So he went to an prisoner of conscience. Yeah, right. So he went to the embassy in a place that seeking didn't have asylum, ex- extradition right. laws, and blah 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 blah. So now he missed his court date, though, and now he's he got fucking right. They got but, him on a technicality. Basically. America's been sort of you know pushing for that shit for a while. Yeah, too they've been now. trying to catch him. Uh, so you know? they got him on a technicality. So we'll see what happens with all this uh, throughout the coming weeks. Um, unfortunately, in memoriam this week, we did have a death, a very mm. significant one, as director, Oscar-nominated writer and director of Boys in the Hood, John Singleton, passed away at the age of 51. He was taken off life support. He suffered a stroke. And, um, yeah, he's, his spokesperson uh, said that he struggled with hypertension, saying, quote, more, to, more than 40% of African-American men and women have high blood pressure, which also develops earlier in life and is usually more severe. His family wants to share the message with all to please recognize the symptoms by going to heart.org. So if you guys have high blood pressure and stuff, you get into your later life, definitely give it a um, a look into because the guy was only 51 years old and passed away. I mean, Boys in the Hood, he was only 23 years old when he directed Boys in the Hood, which is crazy to think about it in hindsight man that film like he was not a hollywood director by any means he was not some kind of preconceived and that's why i think that that film has you know stood out and stand the test of time because it's such an honest film coming from raw man an honest director that was like not beholden to any kind of preconceived idea of what a hollywood film should be like and man that film I fucking watch it every time I see it on TV. Whenever it comes on, I watch that because it's one of those films that uh, captures just the real raw essence of what was going on at the time, and he did it in such a great way. So R.I.P. John Singleton um, at the age of 51. Pretty crazy. Uh, All right, weekly what the fuck as we finish out the episode tonight. Have you guys heard of these fucking vampire facials? You heard of no. this shit? Is that a sex term? It sounds like it, <laughs> but it is not. But two people were contracting HIV and AIDS after oh, getting them. What? Here's the deal. Um, Kim Kardashian popularized this shit in 2013 when she posted a selfie on Instagram with blood on her face of her getting one. And what it is is a vampire facial is when a person's own blood is injected oh. into their face as a way of refreshing their skin. So, the spa was closed last September after an inspection found problems with its handling of the needles. And so these needles, yeah, they're like reusing them or something. They're not cleaning them properly. And somebody had HIV or AIDS, and now it got transferred to two people getting these vampire facials. Like, what the fuck, right? That's like Needles 101. Yeah, it probably just happened to happen there. It could have been a, probably like the same thing that tattoo shops deal with. Definitely, know, but, but I mean, it's they're... more sloppy. It seems just not like, you know, on the up and up the way it should be because these, it's probably this, I don't know, fucking hippy-dippy vampire facial fucking what the fuck is that? I don't know. It just sounds ridiculous. Uh, anyway, get your shit together and don't get one. <laughs> be aware. Uh, FDA has approved a new thing for cigarette smokers, guys. This is interesting. That actually heats the tobacco but doesn't burn it. It's called an Icos, 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 I Q O S. I I don't know how to pronounce it. I Icos, and it will be sold in the U.S. by Altria, which makes Marlboro cigarettes. Studies submitted by the company show that this Icos produces fewer toxic byproducts than cigarettes. 
but the FDA stresses that the device isn't safe and that it has not yet decided whether to allow it to be advertised as being less harmful than cigarettes. Should have been called the iSig. <laughs> well, they probably that was probably plug already it, plug copyright. It, plug it into your iPhone. So anyway, that's coming out. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> here's one one last story of the night here. A man brought a bag of moose poop uh, (laughs) to the Alaskan airport checkpoint. Good old bag of turds. At Juneau International uh, Airport in Alaska, he was caught with a bag full of moose droppings. What? The TSA shared photos of the the poop on social media, which I have right here that we're all looking Mm. at. With the caption, Mondays can really stink. Uh, Ultimately, the traveler was allowed to take the poop aboard the plane, guys. They actually allowed him to take the poop that's, on the plane. It wasn't on the list, huh? Crazy. The man told TSA agents that he likes to present the poop to politicians. So he was going to take this moose poop to some kind of politicians. Fuck yeah. <laughs> huh? I thought that was kind of cool, right? It's probably a huge list of things you can't take and nobody ever thought <laughs> right? like, to put shit on there. Uh, wow. Uh, well, How it doesn't we? say anywhere here that you can't take a bag of turds. So bravo to you, good sir. And hopefully the that moose poop got delivered to some politicians worthy of the moose poop. So that does it for us this week, guys. We'll see you next week on the Garage Rock Show podcast. Peace. Bye. Bye. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents and the design of this podcast are property of the Garage Rock Show or used by TGRS with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions standards or policies of the garage rock show tgrs assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein this disclaimer is posted in full at the garage